Okay, hi everybody. Oh, hi. This is Renee. And this is Mindy. Back with Cookies and Crime. Episode 2. Yeah. So we're trying to get into our stride. So we're going to do a different format today. Yes. Just to test it out, we're going to do our cookies portion of the episode in the middle as an intermission. As a little rest. As a little treat. Yeah. So we can take a break from the, the morbid and then jump back in. Yeah. After we eat our snack. Yeah. So if you guys like it better or if you hate it more, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Because we're just going to try it until we like it, unless someone says otherwise. We're so. really, we're doing this for us. And <laughs> if other people happen to like it, I mean, that's just yeah. great news. You happen to be listening, and that's great. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, thanks for doing that. Yeah. We appreciate it. Okay, so we're going to just jump into the story then. So first and foremost, I posted a teaser on our Instagram that was a portion of an episode of the show called Psych which happens to be my favorite TV show, um, that was a parody of Twin Peaks. And I said, can anyone guess this case? And we have one person who guessed correctly. Yes, Miss Shanai. I love it. It was like correctly. It was within five minutes of me posting it, too. It was, like, so fast. So and shout out to you. And I didn't I, – I, I still don't know this case, it's to be so honest. Good. Have you ever – okay, have I, you ever and seen I, I never, Twin I never, Peaks? I never watched Twin Peaks, which is a weird thing because everyone keeps saying it's something I would really like. Me too. Yeah. And I've well, never... Hey, maybe I, we need to do that. Maybe we need to watch Twin Peaks. I actually looked for it in the deep research I did for this case. I looked for Twin Peaks streaming literally anywhere. You know, they made a movie of Twin Peaks. They did? Guess, guess, who, guess who's in it? Who? David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> they made a movie? Yeah. Like was it like a was that I their only finale? Know this. I only know this because David Bowie is in it. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Why else would you know it? Yeah, they did a reboot too. Actually, I and did hear about that. That is more accessible than the original show. Like I found that one everywhere, and I'm like, I don't care. I don't yeah. want to watch the reboot of it's David an, Lynch, isn't it? He's a. I think so. He's a guy. He's uh, a. He's a guy. <laughs> he's an interesting guy. He's a fellow. I, I think it is. Maybe. Maybe. If it's not, just yell at me or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Attack us on social media. I don't know. <laughs> I um cancel me. I remember watching that episode of Psych. It's called Dual Spires is the episode <laughs> name. <laughs> and it's like it is so funny cuz it makes fun of every like and I'm imagining that this is what the original Twin Twin Peaks is where it's like dramatic stares, very like soap yeah, yeah, opera yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, someone's died. Let's stare off into the distance while dramatic music plays for like 30 seconds. Correct. Um so anyway, anyway, the reason I found this case was um, I found, and I don't even know what I was searching for. Who knows? I rabbit hole so frequently. I found an article that was like, Twin Peaks is based on a real case. I was like, well, I don't care about Twin Peaks, but that's interesting. Yeah. That we, we love crimes. Yeah, we love crime. We don't love that it happens we to don't, people. We don't condone it. No. But, but we do want to read about it. Yeah, it's really fascinating. So, so I'm going to take you back to the original case, and then we're going to build up to Twin Peaks, okay? Sounds good. Our story today, it starts in the Gilded Age, which is right after the Victorian oh era. Lord. So it's like, yeah, it's like early 1900s. It's old school, old school. Old school, old school. Not quite the Great Depression. It's like turn of the century. Gotcha. Okay, so fresh enough out of the Victorian era that a lot of those principles and the etiquette and social classes and stuff like that they were still really like cemented gotcha. in 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 america as much as the uk but this story doesn't take place in the uk so um 
key pieces of Western culture, though, were starting to shift at this point. It was about to be like the suffrage movement. Like a lot of things were about to start changing. Um, etiquette was changing. Social interactions were changing. Women were getting jobs. World War II. World, World War II. I'm just jumping <laughs> decades ahead. World War One. So like the men are going off to war. Right. Who's w- gonna Who's gonna take care of the home? Who's gonna take care of the money? Who's right. Gonna, women have to get jobs. Obvi. And here we are. Um. So, it they were entering a man's world. But keep in mind, some of the social expectations aren't changing quite yet. They're lagging a little bit. So yeah. even though women are in the workplace, for sure, they're being treated a certain way. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the would worse. You, would you say it's uh, they may, maybe not get paid as much as men? Oh, I don't. It was tough to tell actually because everyone got paid like pennies back okay. then, unless you were like, like that's still a problem. Like I a mean, modern day problem. I mean, I mean, <laughs> are, you, are you listening out there, right. corporate America? <laughs> Mindy has something to say, guys. <laughs> um, All right, let me step off my soapbox. It's, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird though to yeah. look at like how. The changes, just, the dynamic. just in, the la- in the last, what, 100 years. Yeah, I had to, a lot of times in this the research for this case, I had to frequently remind myself that this was the turn of the century rather sure. than now. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, why is that a problem? Why right, w- Why right. was this a problem? Oh, I, well, like, that's not a problem now. Why was it a problem? Major things. Major things. Even, like, traveling by yourself. I mean, we talked about this in episode one, how it's still not great for women to travel by themselves. Yeah, they right. can get murdered. It's a risk. Um... So anyway, fact th- those kinds of things kind of factor into this case. So to like to keep that in mind, gotcha. the way society was at this point. Okay, I'm just digressing. This is gonna happen. A we lot, do, guys. That. We do that. Um, they women were basically being told, um, "Good luck protecting yourselves, because we're not gonna pay as much attention to you, but also we're gonna keep holding you to certain expectations." So, kick you out of the nest. Interesting. Yep, kick you yeah. out of the nest. But also, if you do certain things, you're horrible. So, yeah. good luck seeing which way you're you should go. Whore. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that got her. Horrible. You're horrible. If only, yeah, we're gonna. If you know what I'm saying. If, I, if you if know you're what picking you're up what I'm laying down. <laughs> it's being picked up. I had two coffees today. <laughs> I'm so tired. So we're I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're on two different we're levels. We're on two different ends of the spectrum. So it's okay. We'll get through this episode. It's good. It'll be great. So anyway, okay. Uh, okay, my eyes. Um, so this is also, we're in New York. Remember that. So we're Gilded this, Age. The city? New York. Not yet. New okay. York State. Okay, okay. Um, at this time, specifically Troy, New York. Is that upstate? Which, not really, um, but it's close. Okay, okay. It's close to New York City, okay. kind of. But it was a little bit more rural. But, I, like, okay. I'm not describing this well. I'm so, so, so sorry, guys. Um, It was becoming a bustling city. Gotcha. But it was it was pretty fresh into being a bustling city. It um They did a lot of trade. A lot of industry had moved into that area. This is also the industrial age. So, like, right. factories are being built, stuff right. like that. Um, It was actually called the Silicon Valley of the 19th century is what Troy was called. Really? Which is interesting to me because it's – in the same state as, like, New York City. Yeah. And I would have thought that something like New York City would have been. Um, but I guess the, the businesses that were sprouting up in Troy were big enough to start making it a really relevant area to live in. Um, so that's where most of our story takes place. But let's, like, back a little bit into more of, like, the countryside of New York. 
Hazel Irene Drew was born on a farm in East, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, po- Poston Kill. Po- that. Can you see it? Po- yeah, it looks like Poston Kill. Poston Kill, what I a, think. What an interesting I'm name. I'm so sorry if I got that wrong, guys. Poston Kill, New York. It is, it is rural. That is rural. rural. Not like fake rural like I just made Troy sound like. It was, it's like actual like yeah. farmlands and hills. hills and stuff. Gotcha. Um, so I don't know when. I really tried so hard to get precise dates for this timeline. And for the most part, I got them. Um, but Hazel's early life, I didn't get a, like a hard date on most things. So at some point, they moved to Sand Lake, which is about five miles away from their farm. And this was because... Her family was really down on their luck. So they decided, okay, we'll move in with mom's brother's family, the Taylors, in Sand Lake. Um, Hazel's father, John, John Drew was kind of a deadbeat. He was not very motivated. He kind of sounded like a drunk. I don't know if that was confirmed, but he, he really, he didn't work very hard. He was pretty lazy. Okay. And that really upset... Um, Hazel's uncle, because he's like, you're going to come and live in my farm, and then you're not going to do anything? Is this his brother? This is the, his brother-in-law. Gotcha. So this is the mom's brother. Okay. Um, so anyway, they, William Taylor, the uncle, they, they would, like, clash all the time. All well the time. Yeah. To the point, eventually they moved away because of that. Because gotcha. William would not get along with John. It just wouldn't happen. Um, so it wasn't great. Uh, eventually, um, Hazel also left. To make her own livelihood. She was 14 Damn. when she left home to go get work. What? It's 1902. 1902, Hazel leaves. Yikes. She becomes a governess in Troy by or for a family called the Hislobs. This might be a stupid question, but uh, what is a governess? A governess is basically a nanny who also, like, tutors the children. Okay. Basically, some of them in some houses, they do the same thing as maids, too. Like on top. Okay, They're okay. basically another mom. Okay. That I, Which I is got even it. even weirder that she was fourteen, but I guess back then it was. Yeah, like, well, yeah. It, Although it was, was she a little as different. A, my and this shouldn't have been. You, you know how I am with some details. I just really fixate on them, and they don't matter. They them. don't matter. They don't matter. I was looking at this. And I was like, she was fourteen. She was a farm girl. No disrespect to her, but what rich family would want her as the governess to their children? teaching their children wouldn't it wouldn't she be a maid why was she hired as a governess i don't know I, again this does not matter but yeah. when i read that i, mean I was that, like that is that's what? an interesting point what a choice Wait, was it like more of like an upper class family yeah most of them were middle middle class at least interesting middle class at least yeah she was she was rubbing elbows with people far beyond her station which is fine Maybe she was a schmoozer she, she sounds really charming, actually, yeah. so she probably was, but I still don't think I would hire her to care for my children and tutor them. Yeah, I mean, at 14. At 14? She hasn't I even mean, gotten time, an education herself. Times were different, but... For sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean... She, I don't know. She probably was a great caretaker, yeah. but if this was well, a family... If she, especially if she grew up, like, in a farm, yeah. she would know. With, with siblings, too, yeah. Yeah, well, and yeah, if she grew up with siblings, yeah. if she was the oldest... You she kind would of like end up being like a second mom. Yeah, so she was probably very nurturing and stuff. I guess it really it comes down to what the parents were looking for. For sure. For they sure. could have also had a tutor that was separate from the governess. I don't know. Again, this doesn't matter. But when I read it, I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> Who in their right mind <laughs> would hire a fourteen year old? Anyway, anyway, 
I digress. Let's fast forward to 1906. Yes. Okay. Um, so over the next few years, young Hazel um, starts to work for other really rich families. Specifically, she starts working for um, the family of John Tupper, who was a mayoral candidate at the time. Ooh, so very John. powerful family. Yeah. She is rubbing elbows. She's scrappy. She was ambitious. Um, and incidentally, she was also exposed to a lot of luxury and fashion and style and all these cool things that the wealthy enjoy and she was like i kind of like this well yeah and i feel empowered to get this now keep in mind this is only four years after she left she's 18 18 and you know it's it's not again nowadays it's like okay sure yeah work your butt off you do it but back then the class system was so tight oh yeah for sure you have to really make waves to move up Absolutely. you know so anyway she also had to learn how to handle men on her own mm. now an unfortunate thing men be scary men be scary and and it's really sad the more i read about this part of society at that time or really any time before the turn of the century too and probably still today i don't know what i'm talking about but um the help the female help were huge targets for predators. I believe that. Like, huge. Yeah. Like, I, and I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but this time period, the pregnancy rates for out-of-wedlock young ladies, sky high. Most of them were, like, the working class, working in rich households. Like, like rape? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's rape, terrible. or even, like, just manipulation. Like, it could have been consensual, but they were young children. Right, right. Because they were targeted well, like and this. And it's also like, well, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, there was, like, women are entering the workforce, but they're also less protected than they were before. So it's yeah. a double-edged sword. So, yeah. yeah, they're given a little freedom, but they're also given very little protection and guidance as they enter that world. Yeah. So makes me a little sad. For but sure, Hazel, sure. Hazel actually... Sounds like she's got a good head on her shoulders. She does. She, again, she's, she's charming. Yeah. She's scrappy. Yeah. She kind of learns how to navigate. Now, that doesn't mean she was unscathed at, by any means. Well, when sure. we get farther into the yeah. story, she is not immune to being targeted. However, she, she kind of, like, took it as a learning experience. Yeah. She learned how to navigate her way through rich men. Um, she didn't have a very involved family so she kind of had to well yeah cause she left at 14 she left at 14 and her dad was a was a deadbeat yeah her uncle and who knows what the full story is there right like what happened yeah to the, yeah what who happened knows? there and her mom nothing about her mom beyond that point beyond them moving in with her brother yeah well i mean it sounded almost like she was escaping yeah it, yeah home life not great home yeah. life not great so hazel's on her own in a big city yeah big city meaning troy but but still, for her, for that was her, a big city. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, there are a lot of speculations surrounding how Hazel got all these. She she jumped around from rich family to rich family, and every family she worked for after this point was a powerful man in the home, like a politician or a big businessman. Right. And, and uh, there was speculation, you know, at home. And now, when we look back at her story, like, okay, how did she meet these men? Yeah. How did she get these jobs? Right. Being so young and from nowhere, essentially, she got, it was weird. It was weird. There's a theory, which I'm not going to dwell on because I think it's kind of stupid, but there is a very prominent brothel located in Troy, New York, 
um, like historically prominent, um, run by a woman whose real name is Mary Alice Fahey, but they called her Mame Faye. Um, but That's she's a sick name. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Yeah. <laughs> Mame Faye. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason she's famous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it was a brothel that had police protection because politicians oh. went there. It was very, like, no one really touched it. They were like, yeah, because powerful men go there. So there's a well, there's We have a to protect the powerful men. Of course. Who cares about the girls in the brothel? No. It's all the men going to the brothel that we need to protect. We are not um, worthy. No, not, not at all. But um, what the theory is that she somehow started working for Mame Faye. I gotcha. And I mean, I can, I can see where a rumor like that would get started, especially for the time period. I think so, too. And I'm not saying that that probably didn't happen, but the more I read of the story, the less relevant I found that detail. Yeah. Um, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Maybe she just knew someone who worked there. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe one rich guy introduced her to another rich guy because she started working for that mayoral candidate. You know, I don't know. It could have been anything. But that came up, and based on the theories of her life after this, a lot of people fixate on that. Well, but who cares? Yeah, who cares? Whatever. Even if she did work in a brothel, like, why does that matter? She shouldn't have been murdered. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, that, it, that yeah. doesn't matter at all. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's a, big, it's a big theory. Um, as an aside, and this will feel really disjointed, but I want to point out that at this time, two years before this story ends, a girl named Grace Brown was murdered. She was very similar to Hazel. She was, like, working class, rubbing elbows with rich men, and she was mysteriously drowned. Like really? Keep that in mind because we're going to circle back to that. Do we have a serial? We know who did it. We know oh. who did. We know who killed her. But okay. I will get back to that. Just remember, around this time, actually this year that we're talking about, that's why I bring it up. Because um, we're in 1906. We're in 1906. Okay. Grace Brown is murdered. Okay. Now, initially, hers was ruled an accident. So keep that in mind, too. Um, okay. Hazel, throughout the year 1906, Hazel starts to suffer from an unexplained illness unexplained illness i tried to make it sound like i was putting quotation marks around it but i don't think i was successful um unexplained illness <laughs> she goes back quote to unquote. The, quote unquote she goes back to the taylors for three weeks to recover from this unexplained illness um but her uncle doesn't know why she was there her brother doesn't know why she was there no, none of the women would talk about why she was there. She was pregs. The only person who took care of her was her sister-in-law, I believe. Um, one of the theories is that she was pregnant and miscarried. Aww. Another theory is that she was pregnant and got an illegal abortion. Whoa. Either way. Can you even imagine back then? Holy So sketchy. Moly. All the infections. Uh, no thanks. I don't know. Okay. None of those, like, neither explanation or theory is a happy one, obviously. Yeah. But it is significant because again she's rubbing elbows with rich men whether or not the brothel is a factor like who cares either way hazel's going through stuff she's going through stuff yeah yeah who knows what's going on but did they make it a point not to talk to the men about it yeah interesting Uh uh-huh they didn't they the cops later asked the uncle so she was here for three weeks your niece was what why was she here i don't know was she sick yeah i guess with what I, i don't know i didn't see her 
You didn't yeah, see her? That's a little strange. It's weird. Yeah. And the, there's a lot of weirdness about the Taylor house. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay, so she was sick and then left. It is not the only time she's sick in this, this year, though. The course of this year, she gets influenza. Ooh. Which is also rough. And that could be um, a killer back then. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, it, even now. The only reason her catching influenza that year, I feel, is significant to the story, because everybody gets sick, gets yeah. cold, you know, whatever, um, is that she was engaged right before she caught influenza, and then while she was in recovery, he left her to marry her best friend. Are you serious? I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's, like, so sad. It's so tragic. Like, this girl, if, this girl. Damn. <laughs> Hazel. Yeah, so I read that, because that was the only confirmed, like, relationship that she had prior to the main meat of this story. That's so sad. Yeah, she was almost married. Poor thing. If only she had, like, uh, imagine how different the story would be if she had actually married that guy. But anyway, um, fast forward just a little bit. By a little bit, I mean two years. We're in 1908. May of 1908. Specifically Memorial Day weekend. Okay. Um, Hazel and her friend Carrie Weaver visit New York City for Memorial Day. Um, Hazel loses her purse, but somehow the women are able to still go see theater shows and stay in a boarding house and eat at, like, lavish restaurants. Later, Carrie would comment on how weird that was, Hmm. which makes me think it was Hazel's treat, but she didn't have her purse. So how was she pulling that off? I don't know. It's a weird detail, but yeah, don't don't for, don't forget it though. Okay. She's l- able to still live lavishly without her purse. Without her purse. Fascinating. Yeah. What kind of connections does this girl have in New York City? Yeah. In New York City. And this is Hazel. This is Hazel. Hazel took her friend. Says we're gonna go to New York City for Memorial Day weekend. We're gonna have such a good time. Loses her purse. Doesn't matter. Still has a blast. And Carrie's like, oh, this is weird. I'm not going to complain. We're eating well. Right. We're having a good time. But then when her friend gets murdered, obviously, then it becomes a weird thing. Well, sure. <laughs> then sure. it becomes weird. Um, they notably, too, Carrie pointed this out later, they notably did not meet at, with any men in New York City. Hmm. Well, I mean, was that part of the plan initially? I don't know. It does eliminate my assumption as to how she was able to pay for the stuff that maybe they met up with those friends that she kept connecting with and those rich people paid for but they never met with anybody yeah carrie was like no we didn't meet any men in new york city Hmm. no but we were somehow able to eat well and stay in a boarding house and have a great time so wow yeah yeah maybe she's just a real smooth talker she's to have met hazel i yeah what a curious girl like i don't yeah anyway so on the way home from this trip, Hazel tells Carrie that she plans on going to Lake George for the 4th of July. She's planning. She travels so much. Yeah, she sounds like an interesting person. For someone who's also working class. Right. She travels a lot. Yeah. Anyway, so she had four extended out-of-town trips that year. It's um, more than I get. And it's May. It's May of 1908, and she had four long trips. She went to New York City, Providence, and Boston Wow! in six months. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot for a homebody. <laughs> for me, I'm like, that sounds like a nightmare. Wow. Well, the curious thing is, like, again, 
lost your purse on that one trip, and then how's she paying for the others? It didn't. Yeah, that it seems. It's domestic servants. Even now, don't get paid. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Wonderfully, like, yeah. She made. She had. She had a connection. She I had. Actually, there, there was something going on. Where did I? Please pause while I scroll. Three dollars a week. She made three dollars a week. That's big. The big, she, big time. And she traveled to Providence, New York, and Boston. These big cities. Okay. She was. Okay. She had a hustle on the now, side. Or something, yeah. or a sugar daddy, or something. I don't or know. A so at the or or several. Yeah. <laughs> Who even knows? So at the time, at this time in 1908, she is working for the Carey family, and Mr. Carey is an engineering professor, I believe. He's not really important to the story. Mrs. Carey was talked to by the police, um, and she told them that. Um, she didn't know where Hazel went and when she went, which is weird because in this documentary that I watched about this case, they talked to a historian from that area who, who studied local history, and she said that the, the mistress of the house is, supposed, is the manager of the help's schedules, and they would know so much about their lives that she would know the minute that Hazel requested time off, she would know exactly where she's going and when she'd be back. Like, she would know a lot more. But Mrs. Carey's like, I don't know. I don't know. Free spirit, man. She just did what she wanted. Hmm. I don't know. So the historians they talked to were like, this is a weird way for a mistress of a house yeah. to handle the help. For sure. It's real weird. Yeah. Um, so she should have known a little bit more. But Hazel was very secretive by nature. So, like, maybe, I don't know. That part didn't strike me as odd until the historian dwelled on it. Yeah. And she was like, no, it's weird. It's weird. Because at that time, Mrs. Carey would have known everything. Right. Maybe she didn't. She wasn't talking. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe she was getting a cut. Maybe, I don't, yeah. Maybe she was. I don't know. Hazel was not well paid enough to go on these trips by herself, for sure. Mm-hmm. On her own dime, at least. Um, yeah. Uh, conven- so another thing that they dwelt on in this documentary was that she was also very well dressed. So she, not only did she travel a lot. She had incredibly nice clothes. Now, just to remind you of the time period, convenience stores were just barely becoming a thing. So, like, oh, not Macy's. Is it Macy's? Macy's was founded, I believe, in this time period. What? Yeah, like those, like, you could go and dress like you're rich by buying off the rack. Yeah. Macy's, I'm pretty sure it's Macy's. They made a TV show about the founder. With uh, that Jeremy Piven guy in it. Did you ever see that? Probably no, not. You probably I'm didn't sorry. see that show. His name was the, the name of the show, and I can't even remember it, but it doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, convenience stores. Significant. Okay, they were coming out. So that could have been an explanation. However, her clothes were tailored. Oh. Yes. And that's so a significant. Sig- she had the money. She had the money. And that's a very important detail in the later on, too, that she had tailored clothes. Um, in July, Hazel visited her mom, in fact, to borrow $2 to get a new tailored shirt. Hmm. And it was an emergency. Oh. I don't know what warrants a shirt emergency, but it was an emergency. She needed $2 from mom, and she got it. She got $2 from mom, and she went to, um, Mrs. Shoemaker is the name of the seamstress. On July 3rd, that's important too. July 3rd, she goes to, to Mrs. Shoemaker and she goes, I urgently need you to make this shirt. Here's $2. Weird. Yeah. Shoemaker's like, okay. okay. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. You're, <laughs> you're <laughs> a little excited. Okay, okay. Okay. I'll make you the shirt. Okay. Calm down. Um, on July 4th, the next day, instead of going to Lake George, like remember Hazel told Carrie, I'm going to go to Lake George for the 4th of July. Instead, she goes to her aunt's house. Minnie Taylor mm. is her aunt's name. I have many opinions about Minnie Taylor. So, she, yeah, so she derails from her original 4th of July plans, goes and visits her aunt. That um, that day, later that day, a gentleman, the owner of the Crepes Hotel, claims that he saw a pretty fast car drive super fast on a Taborton Road with two men and two women in it, matching Minnie and Hazel's description. And then later... The car returned down the road super fast with just two men and one woman in it. Weird. Minnie was that one woman. Oh. So beginning of a little earlier in July. Now, I couldn't get a date. I'm assuming it's around the 4th of July or maybe slightly before. I tried to really place everything in order chronologically but nobody said exactly what day this happened but she resigned hazel resigned from her job at the carries weird abruptly yeah it was like mid-task like mrs carry was like hey can you do this thing a laundry and she goes i quit today and she leaves no reason she had no reason but she was paid out what she was owed like they're like okay here's your paycheck bye super weird um she tells her family that she plans to travel but no other details are given. With what money? Hazel, she where just, are you getting she this She just now had to bother, borrow $2 from her mom to get a shirt. Weird. Where are you, where do you think you're going on $0? For sure. Yeah, so it's notable that, obviously, she's living above her means. She's wearing tailored clothes. She's traveling a lot. She makes $3 a week. So many weird things. So many weird things. In the, and then she quits her job. Yeah. So the one source of, like, legitimate income that we're seeing is gone now. It's gone. Um, on July 6th, Hazel's trunk arrives at the Drew house. Now, remember, her parents, when they had a falling out with her uncle, moved out um, and got their own place, a smaller place. Mm-hmm. And she, at some point, said her, sent her stuff there Yeah. when she moved out yeah, of the carries. That makes sense. Um, nothing is done with her, her case, though. It kind of just stays there. Um, but Hazel is seen on the 6th waiting at a train station. For a young man who a witness claims when the young man got there, he was very controlling. He was very um, domineering. Like, she didn't seem comfortable. But the man was never identified. Like, they never could say who the man was or even give an actual description, just that she met up with a man. Weird. Yeah. She was uncomfortable. Like a pimp? Maybe. Maybe a rich guy who didn't want to share. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're this is this purely is speculation. speculation. Yeah. Um, on, let's see. On the night of July 6th, Mrs. Clifford, who lived near an area called the Alps, which is just past the Taylor house on Taborton Road. Um, she woke up. She said she woke up on this night and hearing a woman screaming. She woke up her husband and said, you better get up or someone's going to kill that girl. And then her husband was like, I don't hear anything. And then he went back to bed. Oh, that was no. on July 6th. 
Now, on July 11th, some local boys are camping near Teal's Pond, which is on the bottom of that hill where the Alps is. It's on the very bottom. Um, and they wake up to find Hazel's body near the edge of the pond, face down. Damn. Her skull was crushed by repeated blunt force trauma from an unknown object. Her hat and gloves were piled together on the cow path, which is the um, basically the cleared path on the, from the top of the hill down to the pond. Um, they were, like, neatly piled together, too. Like, someone set them there. That's so sad. And it took a long time to identify her because her face was so distorted um, beyond recognition and because she was in the water for four days. On July 12th, Hazel's trunk has been sitting at the Drew house for five days. They did nothing to investigate why the trunk was there and their daughter was not. I just want to throw that out there. Fascinating. Five days. On July 12th, John, her dad, was reading the papers and he sees this article saying that a dead woman was found in Teal Pond in Sand Lake and it it's speculated to be Hazel Drew. And he's like, oh, oh, shoot. Oh, that's my daughter. Uh, well, shit. Well, dang. Well, hot dang. Um, okay. I guess I'll, I guess I'll go there. I guess. John's a real winner. Oh, my gosh. Well, and even her mom, nobody reached out to the this uncle. Is, this is why she left at four. This is why she left. I don't so know why sad. she sent her trunk back to them. So sad. Oh, it's so messed up. Uh, so Drew... John Drew and his wife, they went to meet with a district attorney whose name is Jarvis O'Brien. He's a Jarvis. He's a character. Jarvis O'Brien. He was the DA of that area. And um, so they went to meet with him to identify their daughter's body, um, along with a few other people like neighbors and, and friends who knew her. Um, one of the people was Mrs. Shoemaker, mm. who actually identified her based on the shirt she had made. Like, she brought a swatch of the fabric. Shirt? Mm -hmm. The urgent emergency oh, shirt. Oh, no way. She brought the leftover fabric to match it. Because mm. the clothes, you couldn't recognize her face. That's so sad. So she used her clothes to identify her. Eventually, they used uh, dental, Yeah. too. But um, her family was not cooperative. Like, they were slow to get down there and identify her. Yeah, they, they sound terrible. talk to the They cops. sound terrible. Even her aunt and uncle, they, like, were real dodgy about talking to the cops. Um... They claim she didn't have a gentleman friend. No, she wasn't dating anyone. No. Mm -mm. Um, in fact, Minnie, the aunt, told all of Hazel's friends to not talk to the cops. What? Yeah, she essentially put out a gag order that was like, absolutely not. Nobody cooperate with this investigation. So what does that mean? <sighs> Clearly, there were people that, that they were trying to protect. Protect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, she was either afraid or involved. I have very strong feelings about Minnie, okay. and I realize that she could also be a victim, but my brain is like, no, she's probably not. Um, yeah. Carrie Weaver is the only friend who really talked, and she was the last – no, not the last. There's another friend that I'll mention a little later on. Um, but she was, she was one of the few that cooperated with the police, and she was like, Hazel, I don't know how she did stuff. We traveled. She lost she, her money. She had secrets. She had secrets. Yeah. She had secrets. Okay. Now, before 
we dive into the autopsy and then backtrack to what happened to, to Hazel in the day. It's literally a 12-hour span leading up to her death. Um, we're going to take a pause. And we're going to have our snack. We're going to have our snack. We're going to have our snack. Yay. All right. Are you ready? Here we go. Are you ready for these donuts? Yeah. Are you donuts? I got donuts. I got donuts. They're from Duck Donuts. Oh. Have you had Duck Donuts? I think so. It's If if I haven't, then I've at least heard of Duck Donuts. I have never had Duck Donuts. Are they a Dayton? I don't, I don't know. Exclusive. I should really do better research. Hey, like, that's fine. Ooh. You're only required to bring them. You don't have to do research. They're so pretty. Oh. They have sprinkles and Me chocolate. Too. They're glazed. Yep. Keep describing them for our listeners um, while I take they, a picture. So... I was like watching, and they they made them fresh. Like they, <gasps> they made them in front of you. Yes, and I was like, "Excuse me." That gives me Krispy Kreme vibes. Can you just do that? Can you just do? Are you allowed? Excuse me. Are you allowed to do that in public? You could just <laughs> make donuts. I thought you you know you like get the donuts that have been sitting there for two days. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, you deal with that. Have you ever been to Krispy Kreme? Was it crispy? <laughs> Have you seen that no. video? <laughs> yeah, I have. She goes, no, she goes, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I have been. But they, yeah, yeah, I like it. Cool. Those look so good. Okay, let's try them. All right. You ready? Yeah. Oh, it's peeled. It's oh, peeled. Oh, because oh. they were fresh. Oh, they're right. so fresh. They're sticking to the. They're sticking. I mm. love it. Mm hmm. My, um, I'm not picky about donuts, though, to be fair. Yeah. What would you rate it? Only because I'm not, I don't seek out sprinkles. I would say a four out of five skulls. That's pretty high. Yeah. Well, it was good. Honestly, yeah, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the same. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the donut itself, like the, so good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really yummy. Yeah. Probably because you got Good fresh. Job. Good job, Good duck, job duck Donuts. All right, guys. So because of my babbling and the intricateness. Intricate. Oh, my gosh. Intricate. Intricate. <gasps> my brain intricacy i promise intricacies, intricacies? <laughs> of the case I, I promise i'm a writer i promise i know she words. Is, she's a good one Intri- intricacies of this case this case is so involved i'm just gonna say that this case is so involved um and i've been rambling and sidetracking so much that we're actually gonna make this a two-parter so instead two-parter, two-parter. so instead of adding an intermission where we go talk about our snacks for the day we're going to end on the sweet note and that then one's duck donuts. Yeah. It was a delicious treat. So good. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I, as well. It was a good time. It was a great time. It was a perfect way to end the episode, I, too. I'm, I'm, I'm left a little hanging because <laughs> I, don't, I don't, you know, I, <laughs> what I want more. Yeah. But also, you know, we, we want to be mindful of, like, our listeners and, mm-hmm. you know. You the know, last one was so long. It was really long. We're, we we got to. We got so into it, though, we didn't even notice how long the last one was. So this one, we're going to be more mindful of time. So we're going to cut it off here. Next time, we're going to dive into that timeline I mentioned of the full day leading up to her disappearance and death. So uh, stay tuned for the next one. Bring another treat. And we will finish the story of Hazel Irene Drew.
So thanks for cookies and creaming with us. <laughs> <laughs> Should that stick? Is that a thing? Should that be a thing? <laughs> cookies and cream. Criming. Oh my gosh. You guys. You're not allowed to say that. It's okay. Next time I will be awake. You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't say that. That's I promise. Well. I promise I'll be more awake for the two. She's the, unwell. For part two. In the two. mind, in the body. Oh, in the soul. And Renee is unwell. Um, but yeah. So thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for hanging in there with us. For cookies and criming. Criming. Creaming. <laughs> okay. We got to cut this off. Okay. See you next okay, time, bye. guys. Bye. Bye.